Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always, joined for another exciting episode, episode 53, if you keep a track at home. Eh, who am I going to go with? I'm going to go with a little Don Drysdale for you baseball fans. Played all 12 seasons with the Dodgers, first in Brooklyn, then in Los Angeles. He's got three World Series titles, nine-time All-Star, 1963, won the Cy Young Award. I'll take Don Drysdale episode. Today, I got my co-host Jolan Bioka also in studio today. I know he's got a pretty good name for this episode. Oh yeah, number 53, I'm going with another nine-time All-Star, or Pro Bowler if you will, Harry Carson. Like I said, nine-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, New York Giants Ring of Honor, College Football Hall of Fame in 02, Pro Football Hall of Fame 06, Super Bowl Champion in Super Bowl 21. That's my guy. Yeah, I mean, part of the greatest linebacking core the Giants have and likely will ever see uh, with him, um, I'm blank, why am I blank, Carl Banks, and obviously Lawrence Taylor, whether you consider him a defensive end or a linebacker, uh, it, when they went to, when they needed him to be, he played a little linebacker for us. But guys, again, welcome back. Episode 53, we're starting to get up there in terms of numbers, and you're going to hear some obscure names as we continue to go through the list. But uh, Jolan, you know, we want to get it kicked off. There's a lot going on in the sports world. Where do you want to start today? Uh, let's start in the NBA. I mean, right now Ooh. we have a Western Conference champion, and we got two battling for the East still. What do you like about this, Goose? Uh, you know, listen, I love the Suns coming out of the West. First of all, congratulations to the Clippers. First time in their history they got into the conference finals. Not often do I celebrate losers, um, but, you know, again, they have did something they've never done before, and they did it without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, still kind of a sneaky, suspicious thing. There's going to be a lot of rumors about, is this another San Antonio thing where his injury went under the rug for months and months, and his coach said, I don't know where he is. Why don't you ask him? And that situation got ugly. So hopefully Kawhi's doing all right. He's doing well. Paul George, credit to him. He played well. I don't like some of the things he said to the media. Uh, I thought they were really soft, uh, especially when guys and, and even his teammates, Boogie Cousins, talk about how he gets criticized. Well, congratulations. All the great ones do. That's, you know, if you want to be great, you're going to get criticized more than everybody else. That's just how it works. So, but then, you know, you turn it over to the Suns, and they had, I believe, the second-worst record in the last five uh, seasons. So, yeah, just two years ago, they're two years removed from the lowest record in all of the NBA, and now they're Western Conference champs. In the closeout game, Chris Paul had 41 points, eight assists, seven three-pointers, and three steals on no turnovers. That's the just, important number right there. Just a dominant, dominant outing from him. And I believe he's the oldest player in a closeout game to score 35-plus back-to-back. Or Yeah, two and, straight closeout games. It, yeah. Yep, because so. yep, he put up 37 against Denver. Did you watch that game, by the way, the, the closeout against the Clippers? Oh, yeah. He was utterly ridiculous. And Pat Bev got thrown out of that game. And that's a, that's a different moment uh, for a different podcast because that was as dirty a shot as we've seen. You know, all these guys talking, oh, the league's soft now, all this stuff. That was Bush League. That is going to be a technical, flagrant, and potential ejection in any era of basketball. Oh, yeah, and he actually um, got a one-game suspension for the first game of next year, no pay, so it's already coming down for him. And again, it was just such a soft move, but uh, Chris Paul deserves this moment, 16 years. And Joel, and i got to tell you, I'm sitting there, I'm watching, I'm going, you know, if he blows this one, if they blow this 3-1 lead, he'll never hear the end of it, and it's going to be... Chris Paul got to all these playoffs, rah, rah, rah. 
Oh, but he choked in all these playoffs too. You have the hamstring in 2018 when the Rockets were about to beat the fully loaded Warriors. You know, all that kind of stuff. And you just felt like the pressure was on him. And he he thoroughly enjoyed the moment and was great. You know, I thought it was a little passive in Game 5. But come Game 6, he said, nah, my team, my back, let's go. They're on the uh, NBA Finals. And it's even more like full circle when he does it with Monty Williams, obviously coach of the Suns. He was his uh, Charlotte Hornets coach, I believe. It was the Charlotte Hornets, correct? I believe so, yes. So, yeah, we're talking There's a team New that's Orleans not even, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New, oh, yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, something a team that's like that. non-existent they played together on when Chris Paul was obviously in his rookie contract. So it's great to see them come full circle. And, yeah, Chris Paul, oldest player in the NBA history to 40-plus points. I mean, and, and you got to look at it, too. Like, Monty Williams has been through so much. I'm pretty sure um, Monty Will- yeah, Monty Williams has gone through a lot personally. I'm not exactly sure on the details, so I'm not going to tell you that. But uh, I, I know I know Monty's been a great coach. And the, the moment him and Chris had, you know, where Chris was like, I'm trying to calm down as he's, like, crying to him and stuff like that. And he said, you don't have to calm down. We're going to the en- finals. Enjoy this moment. Embrace the moment. They're gonna. They've done a good job, and I think they're the favorites either which way. Whoever comes out of the East. And now let's talk about the East. Now you've got Giannis hurt. Uh, you've got Trey Young hurt. You've got Bogdanovich hurt over there uh, on the other side as well. You've got Brook Lopez scoring thirty. And 33. 33, you know, 30 plus, I'll put it that way. You've got Bobby Portis is a huge contribution maker right now. Chris Middleton is about as hot and cold as icy hot. Um, and you're kind of Drew Holiday. You still don't know exactly what you're going to get from him night in, night out. And this Hawks team just plays hard. You know, they, they, they play hard regardless of who's out there. They need Trey Young back. Uh, series 3-2 as we record this podcast. So, you know, obviously things could change. But Trey, if, they, if the Hawks want a chance to win, I think Trey Young has to be back. Uh, if they want to win the series. Well, the good news for the Hawks is they're fairly young. So this team, you're right, they they do work really hard, and they they are still on the for front exceeded. end of their careers. They're on the front end of their careers, is what I'm trying to say. Yep. And from them, their trajectory has now improved tenfold. All of a sudden, now they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the East. So even if they're eliminated here, I'm not totally down on the Hawks. The Bucks, however, if they collapse this and lose a three-two, I think they're going to blow up the entire thing. Well, it's you know it's interesting because I think I think the Hawks have to have the approach. Listen, they're one to one to two years ahead of schedule. I think compared to where they to where they it. were expecting to be. However, you have to look at it like this: if you're the Hawks, you gotta win now. You gotta win now. Brooklyn's gonna get healthy next year. We don't know what Philadelphia is gonna do. We don't know what Milwaukee. Giannis will be healthy next year. Uh, we presume and. Guys are getting healthy. The Knicks are trying to add more to be more competitive. You know, the East is getting better. So, you know, very much like if 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 listeners remember, I talk about the AFC East last year in that the Bills had to win the division. They had to win the division because everybody's getting better. You know, maybe not to their level, but everybody's getting better, and you never know what can happen in a kooky season. And so the same thing here for Atlanta. You know, everybody's getting healthy if you want a shot. at And now even Giannis is hurt. So, you know, you got it. I think this is Atlanta's opportunity. they got to seize it here before the bills start getting expensive, the taxes start going up on all these young guys that are going to get paid. Well, you could say the same thing for the Suns right now. Their window is progressively right now because next year the Warriors get better, the Jazz get everybody That's back correct. and more. Utah gets, I mean, they are the Jazz, but like, 
San Antonio probably comes out more healthy. Lakers get everybody back. Like, the window to win is right now. There's a sense of urgency. There has to be a sense of urgency from everybody else. Now, just question about retirement. Sure. If Chris Paul wins, is he out? I think it would be one heck of a story. I think, I it think really it's would be. probably as good. I've as I've been he thinking can about do. it for days. Yeah, I think he should. Honestly, I think I think that would be the best thing for him. Now, Chris, the competitor, may not allow him to do that, but in terms of in terms of storybook ending, you get to your first finals in your 16th year, win it. I mean, you might as well go out on top and go record some more State Farm commercials. I'm shedding a tear, man. It's really the end of an era. I saw yeah. LeBron yesterday at Bronny's game on some ESPN thing. He's got a gray beard. gray beard going on. I was on. like, what is going on? Yep. You'll see that colored in for next season. Don't but, worry. yeah, the NBA is coming to a wrap, so obviously when the draft and stuff gets going, we will keep you up to date with that. Yeah, we have, uh, what was it, Detroit won the lottery, correct? Yes, sir. They won the lottery first time since 1970. Houston and, gets the second pick, I believe. Yes, and if you watched the lottery, so, uh, not selection, but the lottery results on ESPN, you saw Jalen Rose go crazy for Detroit. And I think, you know, part of that is, well, the last time the Pistons had it was 1970. Uh, they took some guy I'm blanking on. But the time before then was 1967, so obviously that wasn't a good stretch for them. But uh, they selected Jalen Rose's dad. And it's always good when the Pistons are good at basketball. Think about when the Bad Boys were at their peak. Oh yeah, stuff like that. And so the, it's you know the the remastered Bad Boys exactly. You know yeah. we, when they're up and winning championships. So it's good for Detroit. It's good for the league. Yeah, I mean we'll have to see where it all goes now. Uh, where do we want to shift? Let's go to the NIL right now because we're talking about drafts. Only justice if we talk about players possibly staying longer in college to secure to secure a bigger financial bag, if you will. So now these players could get, what, name, image, and likeness deals? Or how is this going on? So I, I believe, yeah. So they can profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, they can be sponsored. They can get endorsement deals from what I understand. That's professional athletes. Um, right? and yeah, and you've seen a lot of guys do it. Now um, it's going to be tough. I can, I can very much see the argument, well, I don't necessarily have to go pro now because I'm still taking care of my family while I'm still at college playing with my boys, you know? So I think uh, that that could open that box. But I think, you know what, it's just great for the kids, honestly. In, in, and that's, you know, again, if that's what your goal is, if your goal is looking after the NCAA, yeah, this stinks for them. Because what are they really there for anymore? But if you're for the kids, I mean, this is great. This is fantastic. Finally allows them to do what they want. There's podcasts getting sponsored everywhere for kids. There's dogs are getting sponsored for student athletes. Like there's a there's a lot going on. Barstools, uh, you know, barstool you athletics. A, yeah, there. you could be a barstool athlete now. You know, just all these things born out of this one decision. But I got to tell you, the NCAA is so funny because the the ruling from the Supreme Court came down. All these states came out with different legislation, and then at the eleventh hour, at the last minute, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna allow it." That's Brother, that wasn't going to be how it worked anyway. It was going to happen whether you were in it or not. The that high was, court said, right, we're, we're doing this. Right, it was going to work. And, I, you know, the only thing that they had is the whole eligibility thing. And if they started stripping kids of eligibility, this whole thing could have gotten real messy in a hurry. Well, it already happened. Vanderbilt, I believe the year was 2015 through 17. Don't pin me on it. But a famous YouTuber kept his identity a secret. and UCF. Profited. 
UCF rather UCF. UCF. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of the the gray yep. and gold. Yep. And he had a YouTube channel going on, and he decided to quit D1 Sports to pursue his YouTube career because it was either make money financially or play sports. And I don't think kids, and they are kids, should not be exploited for all their work. Right. But now, now you're at the point where that's, you know, the the NCA had that hanging over. So if I think it's the Arkansas receiver, he got his dog sponsored because he loves being a dog dad. So. But in theory, if the NCAA didn't come out with their little, you know, uh, kumbaya statement, uh, they could have said, oh, you know, your eligibility has gone, which opens up so many court cases that I don't even think they'd have the money to deal with it. So now this opens up the whole new window of do we give the awards and flowers back to the people we've stripped for violating these rules, a.k.a. Reggie Bush. It's a very tricky slope. Because Reggie Bush, to me, if you can remember, was the best college football running back we have ever seen, period. He deserved all that, and technically, his Tahoe wasn't performance-enhancing. He bought a car. Right. Like, it was autographs. There was no PEDs. You see right now, there's a a marijuana thing going on with the Olympics. Should these people be stripped if it's not performance-enhancing? Well, and I actually think this, this, uh, this, this ties into marijuana, actually. Because I think where your stance lies is very much where you'll, your stance should lie with the NCAA. If you believe that people before marijuana was legalized should be let out, so decriminalization, if you believe that they should be let out now, I do. you believe that everybody in the NCAA should get their awards back. The yes. Fab Five should get their awards back. Yes, sir. Uh, everybody else should be able to get their, their events back. Chris Webber should not be scrutinized the way he is in Michigan. Well, he's also scrutinized for that timeout, too. Did, 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 let's, listen, <laughs> True, the there's... whole Fab Five thing, yeah. But okay, like, okay. listen, we're talking about the timeout, too. <laughs> okay, you're right. But, no, I, I think it's I think that's where your stance lies. If you feel that those people broke the law before, you know, before, before it was legalized, and you believe, well, they broke the law when it was the law, you know, and you feel that they should be kept in prison, then you believe Reggie Bush should still be stripped. Johnny, uh, you know, everybody's sales that they, you know, that they were criticized for, everybody should be held to that standard before it was made a rule. But logistically, they are making their school, the stadium, the employees of that whole entire situation a lot of money. Oh, yeah. They shouldn't even see a cut of it back in the day. Like, people can't understand. They should have saw multiple millions of dollars. Like, Reggie Bush at USC would have been a multimillionaire already. Oh, of course. Like, they're talking about they're talking about Arch Manning potentially being a $10 million a year freshman. Yeah. Like, he might make $10 million in his freshman year. Well, your name and likeness. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, well, I got to tell you, you know, I, I sit on the side of I believe they should get it back. I think they should be allowed... Uh, Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back. The Fab Five record should stand. Uh, they should get the banners put back. You know, again, did they break the rules? Yeah. Now, were the rules stupid? Yeah. And now, are the rules resolved? Clearly. Um, but I also think, Jolan, not only from my personal perspective do I believe that, I also believe from the NCAA's marketing perspective they should be doing that. It makes them look so much better. I was thinking the same thing. Like, you were talking about where does the NCAA go now? Well, now they can market all their players properly, mm-hmm. and they can do what they do best, or what they should be doing best, is which is take care of the players on a national level. Right. They can look into meal plans. They can look into financial housing situations to benefit student-athletes across the board. They don't need to be picking pockets of these bag holders that are paying kids. Which, when the NCAA first originated... 
is really what it was supposed to do. Exactly. Look after the student-athlete. And in any case, it's been withholding from the student-athlete. For, 20, for 23 years, as long for, as it's been alive. plenty, plenty, plenty of years. Now, again, that's just where I sit. If you sit on the side, if you feel, hey, they broke the law when the law was set, whether right, wrong, stupid, dumb, whatever. Indifferent. You know, I, I can see that side of it. But I would say, you know, give it back to Reggie Bush. Give the Fab Five their records back. You know, g- give these guys, you know, some, some time back now. What they can't do is give game time back. So guys like A.J. Green, who were suspended for selling jerseys, and just go Google anybody else, you know, they can't give them those games back. You know, that's just not, they can't do it. So, you know, you feel bad in that case. But the NCAA, again, from a marketing perspective, they should be jumping all over this. And the next video game, they should be jumping all over this to get the kids in the game, get them more money, you know, because again, like you are there to suit the athlete. That I understand is, it's for profit, but at the end of the day, now you could give it to the kids and make yourself more. Right. And, and again, like, do I still think there's areas where like, we got to be real careful? Absolutely. Exploiting kids that are in the middleman. Barstool a- might be doing it. You absolutely. Know what I'm I, like, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. Right. But there are going to be companies exploiting kids. Like rappers get exploited today in music industry. Right. Well, your concern, I, I think, lies in in the retrospective. You sign an agent right out of high school now, and you sit there and you say, "Find me the highest paying booster." And what businesses do do they own? So you're in a you're in a way getting backdoor paid through that company, but you're going to get paid a lot more because those guys can afford it. And we obviously know schools that can afford more uh, than others. So. It's going to be interesting how they package together these deals and different things to get student-athletes there. Now, this whole, like, there's going to be a shortage of athletes places. Brother, there is a country-mile length of people that would love to be Division One athletes. So Anywhere. If, if guys are like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough, there is somebody that will step in and gladly, A, take that money, and B, and B take their roster spot. So I think this That's is so true. It's That's such a so true. such a big moment for the NCA. I was never of the sky is going to fall. Do I think it presents issues? Yeah, we got to wait and see what those issues look like. But you know, you talked about the exploitation. I think that's a big one. And and again, the other is how to because because whether you like it or not, this is going to be the divide in history. In moving forward, what does the balance of power look like? Is it only Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State? Is it only these select few schools, or is it, do we see parity? Well, when you look across the board, you look at 50 states individually as many countries, and you see schools individually as their states, if you will, there's going to be a lot of funding from a Miami U. There's going to be a lot of funding from even like a Vanderbilt or something like that. There's going to be alumni that want kids to go there, to their school rather, and they're going to be paying a bag, I bet. Yep, but there is there is the end of a you know the the end of the printer you know the printer eventually runs out of money <laughs> you know true. Or the printer eventually runs out of paper I should say the person eventually runs out of money, but uh, listen like I said right wrong or indifferent this is the landmark now, moving forward this is how it will forever be marked, what is the power shift from right now moving forward. Does it look any different than it did the previous 80 years that it's been in existence? And I think it's a great question and one we could definitely explore later. I mean, when you just look at the power now, is there any more than six teams really bidding for a national no, championship? No, but... You, maybe you know, this opens now, up the window a little bit more. Maybe, maybe. And I think that's that's the big question. But you're right, it can really tunnel vision in into one or two teams yeah. that make the most money. 
Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Let's so. talk about someone making a lot of money to the MLB, Jacob DeGrom. Oh, rather, rather, I'm missing a point. We have fines. Oh, Dan we Snyder. do have fines. We've got fines all over the yeah, NFL. Yeah, there's, right there's money to be followed, folks. We will follow We've it. We've gotten three organizations that have been fined for violations in OTAs, including Urban Meyer, who has not even coached a snap in the NFL. <laughs> um, and Poor they've guy. already got OTA violations. So it's just kind of crazy. But the big one is Dan Snyder, who's been fined $10 million for his... I'll put it as G-rated as I can, sketchy team culture. He has stepped away from day-to-day operations. I Let's make his, it PG. Very sketchy culture. I believe, he's, I, he's in the scope. I believe his wife has taken over day-to-day operations, if I remember correctly. Uh, it, I know it is somebody related to him. Guys, listen, You know, I don't know how many times he's got to do this, but you you talk about the owners and, and how much they have each other's back. Seems like the union. Like when you look at union jobs, Great like the, the, it is so difficult to fire a union worker because of how much that brotherhood has you has has your back. On the contrary, too, this isn't like the NFL and the owners work for the NFL. The NFL works for the owners. Right. So in, to oversight that like is very drastic. Like it takes a lot for an owner to be removed. Right. And, you know, we you know, we've seen it before owners removed. And they've had to do, you know, certain things. Donald and, Sterling perfectly got yeah. blackballed from the NBA for what his comments were. Yeah. Agreed, obviously. But, but his comments were, I'm sure he's made other comments that were controversial, but his comments had to be so egregious that his team literally said, nope, we're Not done. even his team, the owners. Yeah. All the owners said, you're out. That's yeah. what it took. The league couldn't be like, you're out. It was all the owners saying, we do not want to work with this guy anymore. See ya. Right. So at the end of the day, it's an owner's league and it always will be. So oof, Dan, Dan Snyder's working his way there, though. I'm He's telling you, very it's, close. <laughs> it feels like every couple months there's something else coming about coming out about Dan Snyder, and I feel like part of it is I, I read some of his statement, but it almost seemed to me like he was kind of he was kind of like, oh, we didn't know, tiptoeing around it. We we didn't know that this was happening. BS, dog. You're the owner. owner. You can put cameras owner. in every room in your building, you, not you, bathrooms. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not. You are not the. You are not the custodian. You are not. You are not a part-time employee. You are the owner of the team. You know what's going on in your culture. So uh, to give me that excuse, kind of BS. But uh, I've been done with Dan Snyder for a long, long time. He should be out. Adios, amigo. Now, in football terms, his incompetency has been enjoyable, but as a person, he can't be treating people like that. There's lack of competency. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah his incompetency. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. But, but as a person, these allegations and stuff, if they are proven to be true, I think he needs to go. But right now, the NFL deems he could stay, and it's only $10 million. That's it. That's like point. I think it's point zero three percent of what he's worth. I mean, if you look at his character too, nobody deals with the Redskins. No trades really happen. They're very silent unless it's like a little bit of free agency signings, and they usually build to the draft. You wonder why? It's probably their owner. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same same thing with the Knicks. You know, Dolan and Snyder are the two faces of sports. Great point. They're the two top of the list of what I'm when I make an article that's titled. What not to do as an owner of a sports team? Their faces are on the front cover. Rule number one: Don't throw out your biggest fan. Yeah, yeah. How about that? But let's move on to something a little bit, a little bit happier. Let's talk a little baseball. A little Jacob Degrom. Now I know you know people were laughing, sending me texts, all this stuff the other night when he let up three runs in the first inning to Atlanta. Do you know what he did after that? He retired 18 consecutive batters. He struck out 12 of them and looked like Jacob Degrom. Now. 
from what I understand, there was a moment where it looked like he yelled at James McCann in the dugout. From from what the players have stated, uh, DeGrom said he was aggravated because he on the home run he gave up. He threw a great pitch. He threw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball right off the edge of the plate. The guy took a yard, you know, and he didn't he didn't know how the guy hit it. So when he slammed his glove and was yelling whatever he was yelling, he was he basically said how the bleep did he hit it, you know. And I think I I I mean Degrom, he's just so good. He's gonna start the All Star game, right? Well, when you look at Degrom, you everyone's texting you, oh he's human, he's human, he's human. That That's was great. a very hard pitch to hit. Like yeah. a lot of people will not hit that, but this is Major League Baseball. There mm-hmm. are the best batters in the world here. Sometimes people are going to pimp some awkward pitches, and that's what happened there. I mean, Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero used to hit hit him off the bounce for a home <laughs> run. Like, he was playing golf on a bounce. Like, I mean, you know, so, uh, but again, that's the competitor in Jake. That's the guy you want out there every fifth day. Uh, basically, you know, again, like this year, it's been basically automatic. I mean, you know, he, and we're winning games with him. I mean, he always puts you, he puts you in a spot that you, that you, that you can win, right? He gives up three in the first, and what can happen from there? You give up one, two more runs. Retires eight on strikeouts. Now, or now you're lo- now you're looking at a five run deficit, six run. De- no, what did he do? He retired like eighteen batters in a row, striking out twelve. It's just utterly ridiculous. Now we go cross town. A guy get like Garrett Cole has not looked great. Neither have the Yankees as a whole, and we got Subway Series this weekend and uh, rain out Friday, so they're trying to squeeze three games into two days, and. Garrett Cole has not looked great. He has not looked good at all. So, you know, it's very interesting. But, Joel, I know you've got a stat. You've got a stat for me. Oh, yeah, but it's not on Garrett Cole right now. This is about the closing pitching in Uh New York, specifically Araldis Chapman. I had a friend. We were in a group chat the other day. His name is Kevin Cotter. We were talking about what the Yankees were doing, and the Yankees played a great game. They were winning 7-2. Well, they hit what? up Otani for seven in the first inning. Exactly, and they were winning 7-2 for majority of the game. I think uh, toward the ninth, it was something around there, too. And then all of a sudden, a ninth inning collapse, or all this Chapman comes in, lets up a grand slam, game's tied, everyone's going crazy, Yankees lose. Araldis Chapman, ERA by the month, goes April, no runs allowed. May, 0.75. June, 12.07. Now, why do I bring that up? Because they started checking for a sticky tack in June. Now, all of a sudden, there's these control problems. Pitchers skyrocketing. The spin rate's down. Raises a lot of questions. Araldis Chapman is now in the scope of it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this. I think a lot of guys use it, and I think a lot of guys use it for various reasons. Uh, some of them is safety concerns like And I'm not really about. against some of the more natural ones, right. your sun lotions and stuff like that. It's the... The, the spider tack and right, the, the spider tack, right, more right, right. adhesive ones. Right, and we just saw a guy from Seattle last week got suspended for uh, having a foreign substance. So, you know, that's about as dumb as you can get uh, as they're literally checking you for, like... Every three innings. Right, that's <laughs> like, you know, that's like when people bring illegal stuff to TSA. I'm like, you guys are idiots. Like, you, you know they're looking up Two things happen. You get arrested or they throw it out, but you're not bringing you through that airport. Right, like, <laughs> I mean, Jiminy Crickets, like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But you mentioned that that, that game, and, and, you know, they rock Otani for seven. There's two rain delays. Otani's now a three-something ERA. Yeah, and then Chapman comes in in the ninth, and he walks three straight batters. And then gives up a grand slam. And I got to tell you, as a Met fan, we have plenty of moments to look back on where we go, oh, you know, hey, now they're su- now they're suffering our pain. A whole World Series. For this, this took me back 
to 2015, the year the year the Mets went to the World Series, it took me back to the day before the trade deadline, the game against the Padres. Wow. When they had again a lengthy, I believe they had two rain delays in that game as well, and Familia comes in in the ninth, gives up the three run shot to put them back. Stink done. They lose that game. It was the worst loss of the season. It was ugly because the Mets got tra- you know the other Familia night. Familia had a bad stretch. The Mets got trounced twenty to two the other night, right? They were going to be the laughing stock of New York for a night, and the Yankees said, "Hold my beer," and not only hold my beer, we're going to go. You know what? Give me my beer back. We're going to double fist it and then show you up. Like they they just absolutely imploded in that game, and you know, but that's the moment it took me kind of back to. But I know, Jolan, we got a little, we're talking a little Marlins baseball. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could stay in the NL East right now. We got Marlins Braves. Now, what happened was the first pitch, absolute number one, 0 0 count. Acuna's in the box. First pitch, Lopez throws a, I want to say it's a fastball inside, gets, a, uh, gets Acuna. People are going crazy. Braves manager comes out screaming, he should be ejected. He should be ejected. Now, to put this in context, Acuna has been hit. Five times by the Marlins in the first pitch. Now, this just happened in the first pitch of the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So now Lopez is being questioned. Braves manager goes, he should be thrown out. All the umpires get together. They agree Lopez should be thrown out. Then Don, Don Mattingly pops his lid, goes absolutely berserk, saying he doesn't mean it, he doesn't mean it. Now, the evidence Lopez was saying was he had Acuna 0-2 before, and they were both inside pitches. But the problem was, it was the first pitch of the game, so the umpires think everything's going crazy. They think it was intentional. Mattingly thinks it's not intentional, and it's a wild, wild situation over in Miami. Now, which Lopez? Are we talking George Lopez, Mario Lopez, oh, Brooke Lopez? Give me Lopez's first name. Yeah, the, yeah. let me uh, just show the people not think we're talking about Brooke Lopez. We know he plays basketball, uh, and Robin plays basketball as well. So, but, you know, again, just a, a real tricky situation. Pablo Lopez. Pablo there we go. Lopez. There we go. So, um, listen, here's here's what I have to say about this. When you watch the events that that uh, transpired in that moment, it, it really bothers you because... Right. Because, right, again, he gets hit. You know, it takes a couple seconds to breathe. And I think that stat's unfortunate. Um, but there's no malicious intent. He's not going to talk smack to Acuna, uh, and then the Braves manager comes out, and I think Says Joel, I've had enough. I think this is part of a bigger societal thing, where we make decisions, and the minute they're criticized, oh. we second guess ourselves. We, the minute we are criticized, the one thing I was always taught is you can make decisions, you're going to make right decisions, you can make wrong decisions, but when you make a decision, you stick to it. You know, you you find a way to get, you know, uh, find a way through whatever decision you decide to make. The umpires were not the, the umpires were ready to play on, and it's the and and they ruled it that way. And sure enough, the minute the Braves coach comes out and he criticizes them, boom! Hey, 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 let's actually get together on this. It's the same thing we saw in the Western Conference Finals. All these times that the Clippers are knocking the ball off, and technically it goes off last. Off the fingertip, even though there's a rule that says if they knock it out, even if it's off the it, the team, it's still out on the guy, the defender. But you see, you see it in the NBA all the time. These guys, in the last two minutes, they make a call, they stick to the call, they know what they're doing, they prepare for the situation, they made the call, and the minute 
any player or coach that throws their twirly finger up, they immediately go to replay. Now, I get that's in part why it's there, but you're second-guessing yourself, and you're taking the you're trying to take the human error component out of it, out of calls that aren't even as close to as egregious as what replay is actually meant for. Replay is meant for calls like the fail Mary, you know, again Green Bay Seattle and that wild Monday night the game. The perfect, uh, the perfect game that got blown. The per- Armando Galarraga, yeah, what a great name drop right there. Jim Joyce, that call, that's what replay is for. That call is not for an inside fastball for well, a game. frame by frame. We're looking at it, and oh, it went off so and so's finger. And there might be a conspiracy because he got hit before. In right. This it it's just that's not what replay was for. It's not what it's ever been made for. So, uh, guys, again, just I want to see umpires stick with your calls, and if it's not egregious, I don't want to hear about it. I really don't. Close calls. This is the whole point of having human umpires. If you don't like close calls whether they go your way or not, then get your damn robot umpires and move on. That's all I could say. And that's the thing. Pablo is a very inside pitcher. He's always pitching inside. Yeah. That's his, his go-to spot. He gets batter swinging, gets him to choke up a little bit and can't hit it. And this is just human error. You know, first pitch, yeah. got away from him, probably not using some of the stuff he once was because of all the rules. Now the first pitch got away and he got thrown out. I think the umpires are going to have to do some serious self-reflecting here. And again, like I said, when the umpires make a decision, if it is not blatantly egregious, if a guy hits one over the fence in center field and the, the left field umpire or the third base umpire calls it foul, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to go to replay for that and you got to talk about it. He's out. Yeah, it's out because of the park. Because <laughs> first of all, not only is it out of the park, but that guy needs a drug test right away. But, you know, that. but this is what I'm... Use replay for what it's meant for. Stop using it. You know, as a crutch, I think we use it in a lot of situations that we don't necessarily need to. And then we find some things that we wish we didn't, you know. I talked about the whole NBA example, but uh, that'll do it for baseball for now. Joel, we had Mississippi State won a national title uh, in baseball. They were one of only three programs uh, to never win a team sport national title. Now the only two without one in the Power Five is Virginia Tech and Kansas State. Uh, I'm sure their you know, programs are now busting their rear ends to make sure that that changes in a heartbeat. I think wrestling. They're going to Virginia Tech's on the bounce to get a wrestling. I, yeah, they're, they're Kai pretty, Lewis and them. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good at wrestling. So mm-hmm. we'll see. In Kansas State, you never know. You, you just never know. I you know, I couldn't have predicted to you Mississippi State. And when Kumar Rocker's on the mound in Game 3 of the College World Series to win a national title, I didn't necessarily see them blowing them out. Dominating you fashion. Know? They did a great job. So... Again, congratulations to them. Shikari Richardson, we talked about a little bit of the marijuana and uh, her being disqualified from the Olympics. You know, I think it says a lot when you make a decision, you screwed up, you get handed the punishment, and you walk out of the principal's office and you say, okay, I accept my responsibility in this. I know what I did. I did what I did despite knowing what the consequences could be. And then all the other kids are at the principal's office protesting for you, well, right? Like, you know, <laughs> she she admitted, and again, I don't necessarily agree with the Olympic Committee and and their rules on marijuana. Well, my thing is, I understand what the Olympics are doing. They have been a hundred plus year pristine program. All international athletes have to follow the rules of law by their country they're in and whatnot. But marijuana is not a PED. It's listed as a PED for them. You can't use it because it might be performance enhancing. 
It's nothing of the sorts. This right now, how we see it and how our generation sees it is like a glass of wine, which is legal everywhere in the world. So now right. it comes to this, this decision, will the rest of the world follow Trace and use marijuana the way we use marijuana or company or countries rather just outright ban it and this is how it stands. Well, and I think but I think that's in part why their rules are what they are because there is no consensus on it. So what is this to say? We're in very a, laid back as a nation. It's to say an American athlete can smoke pot, but a France athlete can't. Exactly. Right. And in that portion, you know, again, you talk about. But France is chugging by the bottle. It's not a performance enhancing drug physically. However, meant, you know, if it's not making right, because you use it to get in a better, better, you know, mental state or to cope. Like some like, pains like athletes she have. Was using it. Yep. Yep. Some use it as painkillers. Um, that's kind of how I, well, use, let's be real. It's not know. CBD. She probably used it to have a fun time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, well, no, weed is a good painkiller too. CBD. You can do it with less THC in it, yeah. which is more widely acceptable. But you know, again, she, she used it as a coping mechanism because her mother passed away. I believe it was recent. And so, you know, again, but it, but again, you've got everybody going to bat for somebody who said, I know what I did. I knew what the rules were. I violated them anyway. You know, this is this is attack the system, right? This is not attack this one instance. It's attack the system now. But like I said, you know, then does it become an advantage if the United States can use it, but the but France can't, right? If the U.S. can use it to clear their head or get in a better headspace, and France can't. That's an advantage. So I think without a without a lack uh, with a lack of consensus around the world about marijuana, I think that's in. I think this will this rule will stand in the Olympic Committee. Now, does that mean I agree with it? No. Do I agree that you know she likely and she might run still in the relay because uh, I believe she's under a month ban from what I understand. Uh, and I believe she'll probably have to test negative, you know, at some point, and then she can be reinstated. But, you know, again, it's it's hard it's hard for me to go to bat for somebody that said I know what I did, I get it, I knew what the rules were, I knew what the consequences were, I'm cool with it. And it's an Olympic rule. She did understand right. that, and all all the above. You know where I stand? If she could perform and be the world's fastest woman while having smokers' lungs. Well, we don't, know if, we don't know if she smoked it. You know, she could have taken it in other forms. She could have or something, but you know, here's my thing. If she's right. taking things to impair her, it's still the fastest. Other right. girls got to catch up sober. It, it's just kind of, like I said, it's just kind of weird to have a situation where we're fighting for somebody who has willingly accepted what they've done. You know, and, and it's just, I, I wish her the best. And, you know, again, hopefully she comes back for the relay because she's very talented. She's one of the best in the world and was a favorite to win it. You know, the the 100 meters. So, um, all the best to her. Uh, the Olympics are coming up, Jolan. We will be covering the Olympics. Yep, we are wrapping up basketball. Uh, we'll be in the finals likely the next time. Yeah, we will be in the finals the next time. we. You got big news. Uh, yeah, I've got big news too. Um, I will be moving up to Bristol, Connecticut. Yes, sir. Uh, to be a part-time sports uh, stats analyst, one, at ESPN. Uh, which, you know, is something, you know, if you've heard me talk ever, you know, that's that's been the goal since day one. That's why so, we started this stuff. You know, yeah, it's it's to get there and, you know, now I'm there part time and the next goal is full time and then find a way, you know, maybe on air to take one Stephen day. A. Smith's job. What's yeah. up? <laughs> Stevie, I would love to have a uh, 
a talk with Steve. Hey, they're getting older, man. They're not getting yeah. younger. But uh, but no, it's it's great. It's going to be a fun opportunity. We will keep this podcast going. We will find a way. We always uh, do to make sure it happens. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to the Boston Red Sox because we. I'm sorry, Tobel. Yeah, we we've been we've got some friends on Twitter that are fans of the podcast. First of all, thanks for being a fan of the podcast. But second of all, you know, called us out a few weeks ago about our Boston takes, and we did apologize for that then. They're still the best team in but baseball they, in they're July. They're still <laughs> the best team in baseball in July. I believe they're the first team to 50 wins. I was one of those. Oh, it's April. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's June. It's early June. That's late June. They're gonna, now it is it's now July. July. Yep. And unless a major collapse happens, they're headed uh, on their way to a great year, and they could still get Chris Sale back, which would be a huge boost to their rotation. So... Credit to them finding a way to get it done, and uh, that's going to do it for this podcast, Jolan. You know, in the coming weeks, we're going to have uh, Sink or Swim. I know Ryan Schaefer will be joining yeah, we us. Yeah, we do NFL today, Sink or Swim, defense, uh, and all the miscellaneous still coming up. Yep, so we'll definitely talk about that. That'll be episode 54. I can already tell you that's going to be the Brian Erlacher episode. Uh, great number 54. And uh, we'll, we'll keep it rocking and rolling from there. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram. At Goose on the mic, same handle on each on on those platforms. Joan, where might the people be able to find you and the podcast? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Good Old Joel's. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Podcast Aired Out and Instagram at Aired Out Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, or if you want to congratulate Ryan for making the big leagues of what we do. You could always do that and reach us out. Absolutely. Joel, on until next week, until the NBA Finals, and until episode 54. Put in the books. Have a great 4th of July weekend. God bless America.